Yeah, we have uh, Jason Whitlock. More with him. It's been on fire so far, and we're really excited about it. It's coming back in about one minute. First, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Uh, look, my wife started with Built Bars a while ago. She was the start of this. Not Glenn, not Tanya. My wife, Lisa, discovered these things, and she has been, and she started evangelizing to Tanya about them. They're these protein bars, and you're thinking, protein bars? Who the heck wants to eat a protein bar? These are the best. They're like candy bars, and they have, uh, I think, like 130, 140 calories. They taste delicious. They're high fiber. They're low carb, uh, and they have crazy flavors. They're like scientists, and they're sitting there all the time coming up with with amazing new flavors of Built Bars. You're going to love these things. What are the new flavors? They have a bunch of new uh, holiday ones. Uh, Caramel brownie, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, apple almond crisp. They've got a bunch of new ones. My wife just got a a few more as well. You're going to love these things. Uh, If you've put on the COVID-19 like I have, uh, you're going to want to uh, get Built Bars now. Uh, Built Bar, go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code BECK. Get 10 bucks off your first order. The promo code is BECK at BuiltBar.com. More with Jason Whitlock, Uncle Jimmy, and more in just a moment. Welcome back to the Glenn Beck Program. I am Jason Whitlock sitting in for Glenn Beck. A lot of people call me the good-looking Glenn Beck. Uh, You can just call me Jason or Big Sexy. That was my nickname for a lot of years, Big Sexy. Big mouth, sexy opinions. And I hope you're enjoying uh, what we're doing today. I'm I'm trying to open your eyes to how we fix America. I hope that you took my advice at the top of the show and called a friend, someone that doesn't look like you but needs to hear and be involved in this conversation, call, text, email them right now. Tell them that Glenn Beck's friend Jason Whitlock is filling in today doing a very special edition of the Glenn Beck program where we're addressing this racial disharmony that's tearing our country apart and giving you the solutions, the keys to fixing this, to stopping this, to stop the foreign enemies and the domestic enemies right here within this country that is trying that are trying to pull us apart we've got the solutions right here today on the Glenn Beck program don't go anywhere we got more to come after this this is the Glenn Beck program Not all holiday presents and goodies get delivered in sleighs. And not all holiday presents and goodies get delivered by sleighs and reindeers. A lot of them get purchased online. And all of that online shopping and browsing can mean you're more likely to expose your personal information to cyber criminals. If a cyber criminal gets access to your personal information, they can use it to unhappy your holidays overnight. So keep the holidays happier with Norton 360. Norton 360 has real-time device security and helps block 
block ransomware and malware. No log VPN to help keep your online activity private, whether you're on public or home Wi-Fi. SafeCam to prevent PC webcam takeovers and so much more. Nobody can prevent all cybercrime, but Norton 360 is a great way to give you and your family the gift of protection. The best sale of the year is happening right now. Save up to 65% off your first year. Go to Norton.com slash Beck and save up to 65%. The sale ends November 30th. Welcome back to the Glenn Beck program. I am Jason Whitlock filling in for Glenn Beck. If you don't know what you're going to be talking about at your Thanksgiving dinner celebration, go get the monologue that opened this show. I just had someone over Twitter, and my Twitter feed is at Whitlock Jason, W-H-I-T-L-O-C-K-J-A-S-O-N, uh, asked me, hey, can, can, where can I get that monologue? I, I need a, a version of that monologue. So do you. Because you need to play it right before your Thanksgiving dinner is over and then just sit back and watch the discussion flow at your Thanksgiving holiday. All right, don't go anywhere. I'll be right back in one minute. Now imagine this. You make a list of the gifts you plan on buying for the holidays and someone randomly gives you the money to help you buy them. That's what Honey is doing. That's right. They're helping pay for $1 million worth of gifts this season. That's thousands of prizes every week. You know Honey as the shopping tool that automatically searches for promo codes and then adds them to your cart when you're shopping online. But there's also Honey's drop list feature, where you can also add all the holiday gifts you have your eye on at certain stores, and Honey will watch it 24-7 and let you know when the price drops on them. Add Honey to your computer and throw in some holiday gifts on your drop list for a chance to win. Honey will randomly select winners and give them shopping money. So get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash Beck. It's joinhoney.com slash Beck. No purchase necessary. You have to have a PayPal account to redeem the prize. Valid only in the U.S. ends December 21st. To enter and get the rules, go to joinhoney.com slash Beck. Welcome back to the Glenn Beck Program. I am Jason Whitlock sitting in for Glenn Beck. I hope you're enjoying the show. We have more to get into. I'm joined by Stu and Uncle Jimmy. I want to take us deeper into our conversation we're having today. How do we fix America? Where do we go from here? How do we combat the people trying to tear this country down? And I've been explaining that they are using, liberals are, White liberals, black liberals, white liberals and their flunkies or people they've converted to their uh, side of the fence. And, and I, I've been trying to explain in columns over at Outkick about how <clears throat> what the liberals are doing, these modern day liberals today, are the ideological descendants of the enslavers from 400 years ago. Modern liberals today are the ideological descendants of the enslavers from 400 years ago. And so when I want you to look, when you see a liberal, 
one of these very passionate political liberals. And, and again, I don't want to demonize them all because they're not all this way. Some of them throw on their liberal hood to cover up their bigotry. Some of them just take that label on so they don't even have to deal. No one can call me a, a, a racist. I'm a liberal. And so they just do it out of convenience. It simplifies their life. They can go on, take care of their families, work their jobs. <laughs> Look, I'm a liberal. You can't accuse me of anything. And some of them are just going along to simplify their life. But there are others at the core of liberalism that are the ideological descendants of the enslavers from 400 years ago. So when you see them, I want you to think of them as being on a boat that's bringing slaves into America. And mm. then they have some helpers that are blacks that, that help them catch slaves. And again, if you watch Roots or you know anything about the slave, there were black people that helped white enslavers catch slaves. There were there. And that's all. You, that's what you have going on right now with liberals. And, and so and, and I'm going to tell you why, because Uncle Jimmy, I see you like, wow, wow, that's a lot. That's a lot. But I want you to think about this. Let's go back 400 years ago. And what would okay. an enslaver tell you? Uncle Jimmy, your black skin makes you a special classification of human beings. And your black skin limits your freedom because you're a special classification of human be- human being who's unworthy of freedom. And so your blackness is your defining characteristic. Your skin color tells me everything I need to know about you and how I can classify you and use you and enslave you. Your skin, that's what they said 400, would you agree with, that was the mentality 400 years ago. Well, if I let you do that to me, then that's... Yeah, 400, they did it at gunpoint at that time. But Mm -hmm. I understand. Now they do it at laptop point or social media app point. They, that's they, very powerful. They put a that's they put a powerful. they put a social media mob on you. They they removed the gun and just said, "Look, we got a special classification. This is the Associated Press, which is basically the media platform for America. The entire globe reads Ameri- the Associated Press. That's how they get their initial impression." Of America and the Associated Press in June, shortly after George Floyd's uh, tragic death in Minneapolis, decided, you know what? There's a special classification of Americans that you can identify by their skin color, black. And that classification of people, we are now going to capitalize the B in black. No other ethnic group gets this distinction. There's this this one group of people who their most prized possession, their defining characteristic is their skin color. And we're going to classify them and let everybody know that's a special group of people. We're going to capitalize the B in their description of themselves. And they're black and they're different than everybody else. And their their freedom is basically limited because you will. The way things operate with the gun that they have, social media, control of celebrities or whatever, if you don't stick to a liberal point of view on all issues, you're kicked out of the black race. You're kicked out of the black race. Oh, my God. You think that uh, Barack Obama 
isn't the greatest president in the world. And uh, oh, my God, you're not black. What do you mean? You don't think Barack Obama is the greatest thing. What do you mean black isn't your defining characteristic? What do you mean you want to stick to the values that your grandmama and your minister taught you at church? Don't you understand that liberalism and blackness mean you abandon everything that you were taught in the church to serve liberalism? You don't have the freedom. Every other group in this country has the right, the freedom. I want to be conservative. I want to be liberal. I want to be libertarian. I want to be a bunch of stuff other than my skin color. Everybody else gets to do that but us. Liberals, primarily white, in control of Hollywood, the movie industry, the music industry, academia has said that there's a special classification of people in America. Their defining characteristic is their skin color. We get to decide what is black or not, and they have to live up to those standards on a day-to-day basis, or we kick them out of their skin color. You must serve blackness. Blackness is your religion. Blackness trumps God, Jesus, and everything. Your skin color is the most important thing about you. I started down this path because of uh, David Chappelle's appearance on Saturday Night Live a couple of weeks ago or three weeks ago after the election. And Dave Chappelle got up and gave this very unapologetically black performance on Saturday Night Live. Dave Chappelle, who's married to an Asian woman who lives in a predominantly white rural community, got on the stage at Saturday Night Live. Look, look how black I am. I hate Trump. And I, 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 I'm a liberal and I believe it. All. And I'm like. He started his speech talking about his great-grandfather who was born into slavery and who used three things. Dave said there were three things about my great-grandfather. He loved education. He pursued freedom for black people. And he loved Jesus Christ. That's what he said. Those were out of Dave Chappelle's mouth. And I was like, Loved education, love freedom, and love Jesus. That sounds like America. <laughs> that sounds like stereotypical American values. And I'm like, so his great grandfather comes out of slavery, meets with Woodrow Wilson, takes a delegation of black people to meet with Woodrow Wilson in the White House. Woodrow Wilson at the time was considered a friend of the Confederacy. But Dave Chappelle's grandfather. Being a typical American, loving education, loving freedom, and loving Jesus Christ, went to meet with the president. Now anybody black that meets with the president gets kicked out of the black race. We don't get to just pursue education, freedom, and Jesus Christ anymore. That's been taken away from us by the ideological descendants of enslavers. They've imposed a mental slavery in replacement of the physical slavery. And it is more destructive than the physical slavery. When they take over your mind, they've taken over your body, your spirit, your soul. They disconnect you from God 
and connect you to liberalism. It's the capital B. This special distinction they've given us. And again, you started the show asking me, uh, oh, well, Christianity, you know, a lot of people say that was given to us to enslave us. No. The defining of us as black and that being a special characteristic that was given to us and limited our freedom that was given to us and put us mentally enslaved so that they could physically enslave us. Worshipping your skin color, thinking of it as the defining characteristic of you. That is the enemy of black people and the enemy of America. They're using that to tear down America. I'm sorry. I've got liberal friends. I know it bothers them when I point this out, but I'm going to point it out because it needs to be pointed out. It's the only way we save America. They have convinced you that conservative is a curse word, that conservative is the cold word for Satan. Conservative, if you really understand, I'm taking the politics out of it. Conservative means I believe in God. And I'm going to stand on these principles that God teaches in the Holy Bible. That's what conservative is. It's a trick and a game that's being played on you. I've never voted for anybody. I'm not involved in politics. I'm not ashamed of being a conservative because all it really means in this day and age is I believe in the word of Jesus Christ and God. Mm-hmm. And some of you say you will stand on those principles and choose death over them. You won't even choose social media scorn. You can't even handle that. So I know you'll deny him if death was on the line. Mm. If you can't handle a celebrity, a LeBron James or one of these other idiot celebrities calling you out over social media or on TV. Because you stand on the principles that was taught to you in church as a child. You will deny Jesus at every turn. If that's all it takes is some tweets and some retweets and not getting some likes. This is all connected. It's all connected to how they're using racial disharmony to promote racial division and animus to tear down this country and to take away the values that made this country great. Was it always great for us? No, I am not in denial, but did America, did the values, did the things implanted in the declaration of independence in the constitution Did they put us on a path towards freedom for everybody? Absolutely. And I'm just, if America was as evil as they pretend in the mainstream media and over social media, these airports would be filled with black people trying to get up out of here. And you couldn't get them up out of here with a stick of dynamite. So quit lying. And I'm not... 
Anybody that knows me knows that I, I will complain about anything that I think is unfair. I am not some yes, sir, no, sir, Negro. Everybody knows that about me. He ain't that. And He's so any that. of these people that's oh, He's a lot of things. <laughs> I'm scared or I'm, no. I'm standing on the things that Mama Lovey Kennedy, my grandmother and 25th Street Baptist Church put inside me. Because they were the right things. They were the ingredients that allowed me. In 1984, Jim, you know this. I was living in a 400 square foot apartment with my father in the hood in Indianapolis. Yep. My father made like $225 a week. The, his businesses had been shut down. He got to run a file of the IRS. We were poor, very poor. I was sleeping on a couch every day my senior year of high school. A football scholarship changed my life. What my grandmother put into me as a child changed my life. And here in America, because America promises freedom, I was able to change my life and my family's life. And what happened in the 30 years or it's been 36 years since 1984. I can't count. Neither can I. (laughs) (laughs) Journalism major. Amazing things that can only happen in America. I don't care who the president was. I don't care what you think of this president. I was sitting in the Rose Garden right outside his office and interviewed him and talked about my mama and daddy and factory workers and why America first was important to me. That happens in America. When you go from 400 square foot apartment in the hood, broke, poor to interviewing the president to acquiring a level of financial wealth that you can not only change your life, but change the lives of the family members and the people that you care about around you. That happens in America. So we have to take the time to explain to black people that liberals are wearing a hood. They are the ideological descendants of the enslavers. They have imposed a mentality that enslavers imposed 400 years ago. Your black skin defines you, makes you unworthy of freedom, American freedom. You can't be like the rest of America. They're doing it all over again right now and trying to tear down this country. We can put a stop to it if believers come together and stand on the values and the principles that we believe in. I'm Jason Whitlock. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
Here we are in 2020, in the thick of a heated and contested election during the biggest pandemic the world has ever seen, at least in a century. And while nobody was looking, a massive trade deal was spearheaded by China, the Regional Comprehensive Economic Partnership. That includes 15 countries and notably excludes the U.S. This is a direct attack on the U.S. dollar as the world's reserve currency. The only good news here is for precious metals, which historically perform well when the U.S. dollar loses stability. Both Goldman Sachs and Citibank see the dollar plunging in 2021, with the latter calling for a 20% drop in value. They have been helping me personally for over 10 years and other investors for over 60 years. Call them today. Find out how to protect your long-term portfolio with precious metals. Ask about their retirement account specials, holiday specials, and their accumulation program. Don't wait. Call them right now. 866-GOLDLINE. All right, welcome back to the Glenn Beck Program. I am Jason Whitlock. Uh, Uncle Jimmy, I got to be honest with you. I didn't know they did it like that. That intro bump music, you know, that had was me nice. kind of... That, that was, was nice. I felt that <laughs> a little bit. What was the name of the spot you used to DJ at? The Firelight. The Firelight. Yeah, that had me kind of feeling like we was back at the Firelight. All right, hey, listen, I hope you're enjoying this special edition of the Glenn Beck Program. I am Jason Whitlock sitting in for Glenn Beck. I want to... I just went... 20-some-odd minutes straight there, and I got a little emotional and on fire. Uh, I want to hear from uh, Stu and Uncle Jimmy about my explanation of Capital B and the ideological descendants of slavery. D- did I did I make my point clearly? No, I, did, I don't know, Jimmy. You think, <laughs> um, yeah, what do you think? Uh, in the first hour or <laughs> yeah, second hour? I, don't know. I was conflicted on how, where you stood. I have no idea. <laughs> what are you trying uh, to say? <laughs> Uh, it, you know, I, you brought up a point, and I, let me ask a very uh, stupid white guy yep, question here for yep, a second. Yep, yep. You brought up a, a point that I really, really connected with me, which is the idea of talking about someone uh, and, and using uh, the color of their skin as a, their defining characteristic is, to me, not only wrong, but demeaning. Like, it is a... Racist. Deme- it, racist, right? And mm-hmm. racism... At its core is collectivism. I mean, it is. It's you can't separate the two. Uh, it's talking about someone as a member of a group rather than an individual with with personal merit and and all the things that we strive for. And I and I and you you connect with me completely on that. And I think you connect with everybody in the audience when you talk about that because I don't. That's not what I want to see. That was that when I was brought up, I was taught that racism was. Looking at someone and judging them by their skin color, and that's the opposite of what I want. I don't. I want to judge someone by the content of their character. So what you said, I think, completely connects. Why does it connect with you and Uncle Jimmy and me, but not the majority of the African American community? Can I answer that? Go ahead. You, you, you take the first wing. I got. Uh, I, I'm going to answer that because a couple of times in your last uh, segment you made the analogy of when we were brought up in church what our grandmothers taught us you know you got a group of kids now that when they die you got to pay the preacher to do their service the preacher don't even know who these kids are when they die Mm. because they've never been to church they've never had the basis of love of god they don't know the word you know so to you for you to set up here and for us to think that they had it in them to begin with they never had it 
And we're giving them the benefit. Oh, everybody went to church. No, you didn't. You ever heard some of these people try to pray? They don't know how to pray. My grandmother taught me to pray. I know what prayer do for you. People only like to pray now when they're going through hard times. Mm. I pray when things is going good. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm just saying, yeah. you know. Jim, you've made an excellent point. And I don't think my addition can top what you just said because you got right to the heart of it. But, but I, I would just add this in the space that I operate in, in the media, I, I look at. We have been trained and miseducated by academia and the media. And when you look at. <laughs> I'm going to follow up on Jim's point and, and, and people won't fully understand it. But when because I'm a product of desegregation and busing in school systems and things like that. They, they started busing kids into my school system when I was in seventh grade. So I know some of the benefits of forced desegregation. But there was also some downside. And so when you start taking kids away from their base of support and turning them over to a profession that is dominated just quite honestly by white liberals controlled by their guilt. And then they start teaching you things that move you away from your family neighborhood base of support and the values there. And so there's a lot of young kids, not only were they not brought up in the church, uh, but their educational process has been, they've been told by professors and teachers your skin color makes you a victim. Your skin color tells you everything you need to know about America. And they've been taught this way. And then the entire media and social media teaches you that your skin color explains everything. And, and so they've just kind of followed along. And when you disconnect people, and again, this has been and, and, and I wrote about this in, a, in another piece about how there had been a long tradition all the way up to Martin Luther King's death that America's moral compass had been black religious men. Frederick Douglass, mm-hmm. Martin Luther King, uh, Bishop Richard Allen, who started the AME Church in the 1700s. We had been holding America morally accountable. And I believe that Russia, China, Cuba, communist-run countries understood that, and that's why there has been such an attack on the black church and disconnecting black people from the church. And 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 I hear you, Stu, when you basically, the content of character, that, that's, that is Martin Luther King. And... And there are people sitting out there so cynical that think, oh, Stu acts like he likes Martin Luther King now. But (laughs) if he was in the 1960s, he would hate Martin Luther King. (laughs) And and the reality is that when you're a prophet like Martin Luther King was, when you're a visionary like Martin Luther King was, Mm -hmm. your message is ahead of its time. And so people did receive Martin Luther King's message in the 1960s and 50s negatively. 
Hmm. He was ahead of the culture. Mm-hmm. And so the people in the culture at that time objected. But the people that came after, they weren't ahead of his message. You came after Dr. King and you heard that message and it made sense to you because that's where America had evolved to. I would probably born in 75, 76, 76. Okay. And so I look a little older than I am, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) And so you heard that message and it connects with you. And there are a lot of people like, yeah, that is what America is about. You know, judging people by the content of their character. And, and and there's this whole cynical thing. Oh, he's just saying that, and he hated Martin yeah. Luther King. You wasn't even around. You was born in 1975. You you heard the history and the story and the legend of MLK and responded positively to it. And you really—that's the America you want to live in. Yeah, and, you know, I understood that vision. I mean, Martin Luther King was always taught to me as a hero. Right? There was never a time where he was ever mentioned in a negative light. Uh, in, in, in at least that I ever yep. remember growing up, and my understanding of this world and this this thing that we were all doing together was we all agreed on that end goal. We all agreed that at the end of the day, what we want is a society where we judge each other on the content of their character, not the color of their skin, on the merit of the person, on the heart, on the soul, on the brain, on on, on the on the value of the individual. Mm-hmm. And my understanding of this whole process was sometimes we blew it. Sometimes we screwed that up. Sometimes, you know, there's a bunch of really bad people who do that too often. Some people who are good people and and screw it up sometimes. Everybody has problems. There's sin in this world, as you mentioned today. But I feel like lately, over the past few years, and with the the prominence uh, of Ibram Kendi, with the rise in prominence of of white fragility, of Mm -hmm. these sort of messages, that goal has changed. No longer are we shooting for a world in which we're all treated equally, have equal opportunity, and are judged by the, on our merits. We're now at a point, I mean, Ibram Kendi says it explicitly. He says the only solution for past discrimination is present discrimination. The only solution for present discrimination is future discrimination. This is a guy who has a children's book on sale at Target. Mm-hmm. Like, he is, he is advocating for discrimination, and he has a children's book. On sale at freaking Target. And I don't know, Jason, has that goal changed? It has for non-believers, certainly. And I'm very suspicious of any man that or any person who, who, when they start talking about solutions, they don't first and foremost, and again, here in America, it starts with faith. And I'm just sorry, every solution starts with faith. And if you have faith, and again, I don't think a person that has faith can say, you know what, discrimination is the solution. It's just not. And I understand that the generational starting points for us in America are different. I get that. I I get that uh, as a descendant of a slave perhaps generationally, not even perhaps you're starting at a different place than people that inherited wealth. But but again, you have to take a very sophisticated look at America and understand that there are some people that are first generation immigrants that, that again, 
or, or their parents were first generation immigrants, they don't feel and they justify. We don't feel I didn't start ahead of you. And, and I got friends that were like, I can tell you some horror stories about growing up and where I came from. And I was just as poor. They, uh, one 400 square foot four apartment, you was living in a lap of luxury, Jason. Mm. And if you haven't been a lot of places, like I, I used to live in South Carolina, and I was like, man, I thought I was poor. And then I saw some poverty in the South. I was like, holy, <laughs> oh, I saw dirt floors in the 1990s with a hole in the floor that served as an oven. I saw that in the 1990s. Mm. Athletes that I was covering living in those conditions. I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a couch to sleep on. I was lit. I might as well have been at the Marriott. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about God is good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Talk about God is yeah. <laughs> gave me a couch. <laughs> All right, listen, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back with more of this discussion. I got more to say, believe it or not. No, no yeah. way. I, I don't say. believe him. What? I don't believe him. You're listening to the Glenn Beck program. I'm Jason Whitlock filling in for Glenn. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Right now, everybody's around on the last curve and into the uh, next year and hopefully making plans to be spending time with family and friends, gathering and breaking bread together this holiday season. Seasons change, and I always think this time of the year is the best because it brings out the best in all of us. Well, no matter what your holidays look like, I can pretty much guarantee that you're going to benefit from having a rec tech because part of that best of this holiday is getting together for food and cooking every meal together and having it turn out just right. So whether it's grilling, smoking, or even baking, Rectech is going to rise to the challenge every time. With its amazing smart grill technology, the Rectech monitors everything you cook in it to the tiniest detail, making sure to adjust the temperature as needed without you. And you can control it entirely from an app on your phone or device. So follow Rectech on all social media and sign up for their newsletter to get great recipes. It's Rectech with a Q at the end. R-E-C-T-E-Q dot com. All right, welcome back to the Glenn Beck program. I am Jason Whitlock filling in for Glenn Beck. Uh, you can reach me over Twitter. I was just reading through my Twitter mentions. It sounds like some of you are enjoying the show. At Whitlock Jason. Uh, I'm going to give out the phone number. I'm not sure we're going to take calls, but 888-727-2325. We don't take calls today, which we might. We'll certainly take some calls tomorrow. I'll be back tomorrow hosting the show, and maybe I'll bring you guys into the conversation. But right now, I'm still talking to Stu and and Uncle Jimmy, and I wanted do you, Jim. Do you have anything else you'd like to add from Monsignor? You were vigorously taking notes. Did we? Did I leave out anything from the last segment? Because got to be a little bit tight in this segment, so I don't want to go into another rant. And the next thing I know. They're screaming at me to take a break. Uh, I would just totally alleviate the fact of you cannot act like when I walk into a building, the first thing that you don't see is my magnanimous black skin. Okay, you can't act like you don't Mm -hmm. see that. Mm -hmm. Now, you have to get past that. And if that's all you see, that's okay. But I also know as a black man, I have this much time to convince you that if you look past that, that's your miss. 
Okay, I know that. That's my job to know. So let's not act like that doesn't exist. But let me just say this real quick. Hold on, I want you to stay there though. Okay. What, what do you mean? When you walk into a room, what do you think happens? When I walk into a room, it's called I am what I think you think I am. I know that when I walk into this room, you see me as a black man. Okay, but what I have to show you is I'm a man. I know, but but why do you think he doesn't see you as a man? You you mis, mis, misinterpret what I said. I said I think that. See, that's that internal mm. that you were speaking of earlier. That that that's that thing that I carry. I feel like when you see me, you're not. He already looks at me like I'm a. You see what I mean? Yep. It's, you know. But see what what you don't. And I I have a strong sense of pride about me that I don't let that worry me. But too many people adopt that. You know, that's their title. You know. Oh, I know he ain't gonna give me a job in the first place. That's why I didn't really try. Mm. No, that's why your butt ain't got no job because you don't like to work. That's what that is. <laughs> that's interesting. You know? I mean, what I was going to say was we as a people, we have the tendency to require more out of others than what we're willing to require out of ourselves. <laughs> you know, we, 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 act, we like to act like we think that the N-word, we have the rights to that. And you can't call me that, but we can call each other that. I want you to honor black lives. I want you as a white person to honor it. Hmm. But it's okay if I kill everybody up in my neighborhood and kill everybody up in the house. <laughs> you understand? I can't expect you to understand what the hell I'm saying when I don't know what the hell I'm saying to you. Hmm. Okay, I'm done. I'm going to translate one of your... I'm done. I'm I'm going to translate something you just said. Jim Brown, the, the football great, uh, a mentor and a friend of mine, one of his pet sayings is, as black people, we buy what we want and beg for what we need. Mm. <laughs> Knock wow. if you hear me. <laughs> <laughs> buy what we want and beg for what we need. Because it's for us, by us. <laughs> <laughs> Foo-boo, huh? <laughs> Fool's boo. <laughs> All right, hey, stick around. I'm going to go on another rant at the top of the hour. And get us through the final hour of the show. I'm J- Jason Whitlock filling in for Glenn Beck. It's the Glenn Beck Program.